never know where life is going to take you. Some people know exactly where they want to be and go for it full throttle. Others just stumble upon it organically, and then there are those who just follow their intuition. This is a podcast about reaching your personal best through resilience, motivation, and passion. This is Mark My Words. Hello there, and welcome to Mark My Words. I am Mark Schmidt, and Mark My Words is the podcast where we talk about an entrepreneur or business owner's journey. And we kind of find out where the crossroads was in their life. And we talk about some of the decisions they made and the transitions that they made into entrepreneurship and business ownership. And we talk about what that experience is like. And today, I am uh, joined by... Samantha Morris, who hails from the land down under, and keep in mind that we are doing an episode in the middle of August. It's warm here in the U.S. It is freezing where Samantha is, and she is still graceful enough, even with it freezing in her home, to come on by and chat it up with me. She is, you know, just to give you a little bit of an intro, she is the founder and owner of Vampire Coach, and she helps to teach women uh, starting up in entrepreneurship, and even those who have business, helping them to grow and to become more confident in this crazy business world that we live in, and Samantha Morris, welcome to Mark My Words. How are you doing today? Oh, hi, Mark. I'm doing very well, thank you. And like you said, I'm, I'm quite cold, but the heater will warm me up and I'll be great. Well, hopefully a little bit of conversation here over the next uh, 45 to 60-ish minutes will do some good in that regard. Yes, yes, I th- I'm sure it will. And one thing I do want to ask, I couldn't help but to refer to Australia as the land down under. You ever, you ever get tired of hearing the land down under or down under? No, I don't. Um, but, well, probably because I'm down here, we don't hear it that much. Gotcha. So okay. it's still, I still find it quite entertaining when other people refer to us as the land down under, because I was like, yes, that's right, we are. Fair enough. Well, I guess if it is what it is, which I hate the saying it is what it is, but it is what it is. So fair enough. And uh, welcome to Mark My Words. And I know it's thoroughly for me here. Thank you for hanging in with me later in the day. I, I don't even know what time it is down there but it is early here. So thank you for stopping by. And we are going to talk a little bit today 
about how you became an entrepreneur for Vampire Coach. And I know just kind of looking at your LinkedIn a little bit, obviously, or not obviously, I don't know why I said obviously, <laughs> but uh, it's obvious because I'm looking at it. But uh, it looks like you started out more on a technology uh, study, so to speak, and I guess business information systems and marketing. What made you kind of decide to do that? Did you have a passion in there or did you just say, I'm, I'm going to do this? Well, do you know, Mark, I actually started out doing studies to be an accountant and I did the first year of university and, I mean, you guys call it college. So I did my first year of college <laughs> and I don't know, I was sitting there and I, it just the thought struck me, why am I studying this? I don't want to be an accountant. So, <laughs> so I started looking at what other options I had and I was trying to be very smart because I'd already invested a whole year into studying so I was trying to look at other qualifications where I could bring what I'd study into that. And I chose business information systems because it was all about data and analytics. And so I suppose when I started out with accounting, it's because I like numbers and what stories they can tell. But data and analytics was a lot more fun to me than, you know, the thought of doing taxes. That's interesting that you say numbers can tell a story. What story do you feel numbers tell you? Oh, I love the stories that numbers tell us. So if I go back to just the numbers that you can get out of accounts, and I mean, every as soon as you tell, talk to any business owner and, they, and you say to them, you've got to have a look at your books and you've got to look at your profit and loss statement and you've got to look at your balance sheet, it really doesn't sound that exciting. But when you start to look at what those numbers are telling you and when you start to learn to interpret what they're telling you, that's when it becomes a lot more exciting. Well, that's, that's what I think anyway. <laughs> well, I have kind of a bad relationship with math and numbers. I mean, when it comes to sports, I love numbers. But outside of that, it's like I, I barely even got through algebra. I struggled with geometry. I struggled with, well, I, I almost said I struggled with calculus. I never even took calculus. So I, I really had a rough go with math. I was much better with languages. So that's really interesting to hear you talk about math and numbers and stories. And I, it's surprising to me that with you having a passion for numbers that you did find accounting as boring because I know for me, no offense to accountants out there, but <laughs> I can't think of a much more boring thing to do with my life than being an accountant or juggle numbers that just would bore the heck out of me. So yeah, I that's just coming from somebody who's a little more creative and just was terrible at math. So <laughs> Yeah, I I totally understand what you're saying. And uh, 
I'm lucky that we do have people that do love doing accounting and being accountants because we need them. But no, I agree. Um, I like being creative and I don't feel like there's a lot of creativity to be had as an accountant. Accountants might disagree with me, but uh, I think that was a lot more fun to move into data and analytics because, you know, with with the other business owners that I'm working with and, you know, you say, oh, analytics straight away you think of social media analytics your website analytics all of that sort of stuff and that information is really fascinating to me and that's what you wound up studying so is analytics or should i say information systems and services is that another way of saying analytics down there well, yeah, kind of. Information systems was about how you pull all the data together and in what software you might do that. And then analytics is, of course, interpreting that data. Gotcha. So you decided... I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm giving numbers a good rap here, am I? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I thought you did when you talked about how uh, they tell a story. I mean... To me, right there, that that really gave numbers a good name because otherwise, I'm yeah. just I view it as a little more boring. But I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. But um, you know, even for the everyday person, when when you think about oh, I might do a house household budget, that's really not that thrilling to do. But there's stories in that budget, and those stories come out in the form of For example, if you were saving up for something, it can be really exciting to watch those numbers grow towards whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. So, so yeah, they're they're tricky and I like watching them and I like listening to what they're saying. Well, I'm actually kind of looking over your LinkedIn. I kind of feel like I may have gone out of order in your life which is mm-hmm. fine because it looks like you did all of this after you served in the, the Royal Australian Navy which is really interesting not to give numbers a bad name again <laughs> but uh, I've really been looking forward for the past several months to hearing your story about how you decided to enlist in the Royal Australian Navy? Ah, yes. So I did 12 years in the Navy and it was one of the most outstanding and memorable times of my life, I have to say. I absolutely loved it. So I I had finished school, as I'd finished high school and I had my first job and, you know, it wasn't that exciting but... It was good that I was able to get a job. Um, But there wasn't that spark there. There wasn't that sense of adventure. You know, I was just a receptionist, not just a receptionist. I was a receptionist and it, it wasn't enough for me. So I was actually visiting with a good friend of mine that I'd gone to school with and he had told me that he had applied for the Navy. Now, I did not know anybody that had done that I didn't know anybody in the services at all so the idea really intrigued me and I was like oh so 
what is the story behind joining the Navy? Tell me all about it. Anyway, so he told me about his journey, but he'd actually been knocked back, so he didn't make it. And it's always interesting how one thing can lead to another and you don't sort of realise it, but I was a little bit, I was a little bit disenchanted with my job. So, you know, this is going back a little while before the internet, dare I say how old I am. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I went down to the local employment office to see what else was out there. And the day that I went happened to be the one time per year that uh, the Navy recruitment office were visiting. So I walked in and I saw a lovely gentleman in his uniform and I was like, that's it. That's enough adventure for me. I'm going to go for it. So, yeah, it was kind of a spur of the moment decision, but, you know, maybe that seed was planted in my head. I don't know. But I decided to uh, to sign up, so I did. And then, of course, you know, you have to go through a whole process before you even get in. So, um So I did all the testing I had to do when I was, um, you know, I had to try and build my fitness up to get ready for recruit school because I wasn't really doing very much. (laughs) And, yeah, I um, off I went on this big adventure. Well, prior to going on this adventure, did you have any idea or intuition about something that you wanted to do? Because... You came out of high school, you were a receptionist, and I know kind of how that feels where you're coming out of high school and you're like, okay, what should I do? Like, I know there's these things that I'm passionate about and I want to do it. I just don't know where or when would be a good time. Did you have the same kind of thoughts or itch? Look, I, no, I didn't. I actually felt quite lost through high school. You know, there's so much pressure on students to think about what's coming up next for them. You know, what are you going to be? What are you going to study? You have to know what you want to do in your 20s so that you can choose all the right subjects at school so you can get into the right university or college so that you can get that job. So for someone like me who had, I didn't have any idea what I wanted to do when I left school. I really didn't. So my school years were spent doing subjects that I was just good at, not necessarily that I was really, really keen to learn about. So don't tell my children, but I wasn't a great high school student. I, I passed everything. I did that all right. But, you know, I, I wasn't getting straight A's because I was not that interested in school. Well, I feel like I was somewhat interested, depending on what it was. There were some subjects that I was really interested in and others like math that just didn't do it for me. And yeah, they, I think it's a pretty universal thing that they want you to have a good idea by the time you're 18, 19, you go right to college or go right to a tech school or whatever the case is. And it's not always that cut and dry. And I wonder if somehow there would be a way to improve that so that people maybe 
had a better idea coming out. But I mean, I I can definitely relate because I had a good feeling about what I wanted to do. But I came from a background where it was like, okay, you want to go into like television production? Are you Spielberg? Like, you know, this is weird. Why why you want to do that? Just go for something more bankable, like a business degree or computers were really becoming a huge thing by the time I went to college. So I had a lot of different voices saying you should do this or that. And I actually myself kind of went through that period of feeling lost and took a step back. And as it turned out, I wound up doing the exact thing I was passionate about all along. So I guess the lesson there is to at least listen to your gut and give it a try. Yeah, but we're not allowed to do that so much when we're younger, are no. we? No, I You're right. We've got a lot of people always telling us what we should be doing. I basically had to drop out of college, even though I was doing well. I had I think I had just made the honor roll the semester before, oh. and I just felt very lost. I'm like, why am I here? This school doesn't even have my major. So... I wound up just dropping out completely and working in retail. I worked in a woodworking factory for a while. And I kind of like made sure that, you know what, this is what I want to do. And it turned out that that, that's exactly what I wanted to do. It's exactly what I pretty much became. So, yeah, you you just don't know. No, you don't. And I think... This is where, this is probably why I loved my time in the Navy so much because it really was a really good opportunity for me to explore so many different things because I signed up, I signed up to do a particular role as you, as everybody does, but there were so many times when I was offered the chance to go off and do all these other weird and wonderful things, like things I'm so I'm so grateful that I had all these experiences because it just showed me all the different aspects of myself because I was always the person that when whenever they wanted someone to volunteer for something no matter how wild and crazy as in I even volunteered to go and do an auditing course internal auditing <laughs> so that doesn't sound very exciting but look I went and did that and all of that experience and all of those choices led me to be the person that I am now with all these experiences that I bring into life so well did you wind up like seeing other countries and going around the world what did you wind up doing well I didn't go around the world with the navy so that made me a little bit sad I did get to while I was in the navy I did travel overseas came over to visit your lovely country for, for, for a holiday with somebody else that I was serving with. But I did get to travel around Australia uh, actually playing sport. Apart from moving for different work locations, I also got to travel and play sport. So that was really exciting too. And what did you play? I played netball. 
which I believe isn't very big in the US. It's not a very popular sport. Uh, no. What, what no. exactly is netball? No. So netball is similar to basketball, but there is no bouncing the ball. And when you've got the ball, you're not allowed to go anywhere. You've got to keep your feet on the ground. Oh, boy. So mm. how do you score? Well, oh, that's the other difference between basketball and netball. So in basketball, all players on the team can move all over the court. In netball, you're only allowed in specific areas of the court, depending on what position you're playing. So there are only two people on the team that can shoot goals. Oh, wow. So <laughs> everybody has their place, huh? They do, yep. I will have to look netball up because I don't even know if I've really ever heard of it. I'm somebody who knows a lot about sports, but that's that's one that hasn't one really it hasn't really made it to the US. No, I did hear a few years ago that they were trying to increase the popularity of the sport over there, but yeah, it doesn't sound like it. Did too well. It's really, really popular here. It's mostly played by girls and women. It's a female sport. But you know what? Mixed teams are pretty popular as well. So did you play netball as a representative of the Navy? Is that how you got into it? Um, I actually started playing netball when I was about seven. So I'd had I've played all my life. And I played on representative teams when I was a teenager and, you know, I could have taken that further, but it didn't happen. I was growing up in a country town. It meant I had to come to the city to be involved, you know, in in the next level of the sport. And, you know, it was a couple of hours travel and my parents didn't feel like I should do that. I was too young to be travelling on my own in and out of the city. So that didn't happen. But, look, it happened in a different way. But, yeah, I played netball all my life. And when I, when I got to travel around Australia, I played on both Navy teams and Defence Force teams. And, you know, sometimes if something is meant to happen, it'll figure out a way and happen for you. I know with my career, I had kind of decided to settle here in Maryland and kind of put aside going to New York or LA, and now, as it turns out, I wound up with a remote job that is with a company that is based out of New York and LA in my field, so I didn't have to go anywhere in order to land that job, so you never know how life is going to turn out, and I think just hearing your netball story makes me think of that, so don't ever give up on a dream, even if you're, you know, I guess, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, you know, you're limited for a period of time because it could wind up coming back, an opportunity could come up. So you're a great example of that. Yeah. And in actual fact, I probably got to play and travel more with the Defence Force than I ever would have if I'd gone in the other direction. So, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes life turns out that way and that 
kind of leads me to you leaving the Navy and going off back into, uh, I guess, civilian life, for lack of a better way to put that. Yes. Well, so you wound up going back into civilian life and what was your next move? Because it looks like you wound up as a manager of a spray spray booth company. Yeah, that is actually a business that I own part oh. of. Yeah. And so, what was uh what made you start that one up? Well, that was I feel like I'm a bad example because I feel like everything I've done has been quite spur of the moment, go with my gut, I'm going to go and do this now. Um, So starting the spray booth company came about because my husband was working in the industry and he was really dissatisfied with what he was seeing out there. He was really dissatisfied with the level of service and the fact that he was going out there representing an industry that wasn't doing the right things. He didn't like it. So he came home one day and he said he'd had enough and I said, why don't you just give it up and start your own business? So the one time he listens to me... (laughs) (laughs) So that's what he did. We we organized things and we started started a spray booth cleaning company. Wow. So it wasn't necessarily you had this deep passion for spray booth. It just was like, look, you're frustrated. I think you can go a lot further with this. Let's start a business. Yeah. So wow. it was it was kind of the perfect storm because it he really liked the the work. He liked the mechanical aspect of it and that sort of thing. For me, I was jumping at the opportunity to build a business from the ground up. So between the two of us having those different interests coming together was a really good option. Oh, wow. So that's an interesting uh, way to get into your first business. What was it like back then starting up business? Because I know today there's so much more information. It's I won't say it's easier, but there's definitely more information and more tools that you can use to start up versus back in like 2004 where there were some, but not near as many as today. So what was that experience like? So... I'd actually, I'd actually been in business for myself a couple of times already. So I dabbled in business. I was, I hadn't been successful at anything, but it was something that I, I was going to end up being a business owner. I was going to end up being a successful business owner because it was something I kept trying at. But when we first started, goodness me, I remember doing things like, you know, no marketing plan. There was no social media back then. So it was sitting on the phone cold calling. I remember sending faxes out to people, which, you know, these days it would be called spam, but doing those really, really basic things to try and get started and get customers. I think we had, we had the advantage that my husband was already in the industry. So he already knew people. 
So we started with the people that he knew and rang them and said, would you be interested in us quoting to do your work? But, uh, but yes, it was sitting in a very cold factory <laughs> and, um, and sitting on the phone and making phone calls. Really, really basic, basic stuff. And just to make it a little more clear, spray booth and spray boofing, I don't even know if that's really a word, but spray boofing, when you're talking about spray booth, you're talking about like, you know, vehicles, like, you know, yes. cars, planes, stuff like that, correct? Yes. Yeah. The spray booths are the, the giant room, they're rooms, I suppose where you put things inside and you spray paint them and then you bake the paint on. So, yeah, uh, planes, trains and automobiles. Okay, yeah, I can tell it's early for me because I'm like spray booth. So is it like, you know, spray tanning? Like, is <laughs> <that what laughs> You know, I'm impressed, Mark, because you got it right the first time and most people do actually go straight for the spray tan. But no, well, no, it's not spray tans. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had to think about it because I'm, I'm looking at your, uh, again, your LinkedIn profile. I'm like, wait a minute, spray booth. She's not talking about, you know, getting a can. She's talking about, yeah. like, actually spraying vehicles and doing things that are, you know, beyond your body. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it's early for me. I got to wake up. <laughs> So you guys started this up. It's been successful. You've been at it for a long time. And then, well, you're still doing it. However, there came a point for you where you decided that you wanted to help women in entrepreneurship and wanted to be more of a voice and more of a help in that regard. When did that start? Did you always kind of think that you wanted to do something on the behalf of women or is this something that just built up over time? I think it was another case of kind of accidentally tripping over something that I needed to trip over. So all the time that uh, that we were running the spray booth business, well, we've still got it, but after a few years, I realised that, you know, business is more complex than, than how we started. So I needed to educate myself more on how to be a business owner. So I started doing a few little courses here and there and learning some new tricks. But we were lucky because we were successful year upon year. So as I met more and more business owners, I was asked by a few, a few different people if I'd help them with their business, you know, help them just to look at this one particular area here or just help them fix this over there. And when I started to do that, that's when I got really excited about business. And, of course, because we've had the spray booth business for so long, you know, I got to the point where it wasn't as fun for me because all the newness and all the building and everything had all happened. And I was getting more joy out of going and helping other people. So I started doing that and then I went and saw a speaker. I went to the city, you know, back in the days when we had events. 
And I went and saw a female speaker and she was she is the creator of Fempire. And she was speaking to an all-female audience and it's something that I'd never experienced before, you know, because if you think about my work history, like I went from the Navy, which is male-dominated, into working with automotive and manufacturing industries, which are male-dominated. So this was the first time I'd ever sat in a space that was just all women. So it was a bit unusual for me. I I admit to sort of sitting in the background and being quite an observer. But I was really excited about the message that she was delivering. And so I kind of just followed her on social media and things like that for a little while. And then she put out the opportunity for people to become, start their own business as a Fempire coach under that brand. And it was once again the case of the opportunity was standing in front of me and I had to go for it. I just knew I had to pursue it. So that's how I ended up becoming a coach and it's just been the most enjoyable the most fulfilling thing that I think I've done as much as I've enjoyed doing these other things um, this is a whole new level this is a whole new level of learning for me and this is a whole new level of really tapping into what I really want to do because that's something I hadn't thought about before. There's really something about helping people on a more personal level that just feels so fulfilling and more so than anything else that you can do in life, I think. And I know I started to learn that when I became a manager at a company I worked at several years ago. I became a manager, I had my own staff, and I got to have those interactions and those relationships on that level. And that's when I really started to learn how fulfilling that was. And when I left that job and I was kind of searching for the next thing because they were going through restructuring and They offered me a buyout package. I took it and didn't really know where I was going to land or what I was going to do next. And, you know, I contracted around my area and it was fine, but I didn't really feel fulfilled again in that same way until I started doing the podcasts, until I started interacting with people on this kind of level again there's just something about that and something about just standing behind your own brand that just really changes how you feel about yourself and your life and what you're doing yeah absolutely because in in one conversation you can help somebody go from feeling really confused and aimless to being excited about one single idea or excited about doing one thing or making one change. I love that. I love being able to help people find that in themselves. And, you know, one thing that I have learned that you said without even saying it, and I think it's just me 
listening to what you're saying and talking to myself, I guess. But I can, so obviously I started up this podcast, but it's not something that I just said, okay, I'm just going to do it. It took time. I had to build myself up. And the same thing with maybe starting another business, maybe something that caters more to my technical background. It's like, well, maybe someday, you know, whatever, whatever. No, you just went right for it both times, which mm. is amazing. And, you know, there's no really right or wrong way to do things, I guess. But it, it does kind of remind me, okay, maybe I should be a little more reactive rather than thinking about everything so much. Yeah, definitely. And there are all kinds of people out there. And I am somebody who will just go, oh, I'm just going to jump in and do that. Not everyone's like that. And I think most of the women that I work with, I seem to be attracting the clients that are a little bit more hesitant about things. So maybe they're looking to me to teach them how to, how to jump in a little bit more. But it's all good and well to be thoughtful and methodical about decision, decisions that you make. And it's all good and well to jump into things and sort of figure it all out after you've started. No matter what path you go down, you have to be acceptably uncomfortable with what you're doing. So how are you helping uh, female entrepreneurs and what exactly are you offering them as far as support and learning whether it's starting up or they're already starting up and maybe they're in a rut? What, what exactly are you offering to them to help them to take it to the next level like you did? Yeah, so I run a couple of training programs, which I run with a couple of other coaches. And, and this is another thing that I love about what I'm doing, because even though I'm a business owner, I'm actually collaborating so beautifully with a couple of other coaches. We join forces. All three of us are different. All of us have different backgrounds, different education. We work so well together. So we deliver a couple of different training programs. Um, we've got a new one that's just starting, which I'm really excited about. But what we're trying to do is teach women everything that they need to know because you can jump on the internet and you can, you can learn everything you need to know for free on the internet. Let's face it, you can. But how long is that going to take? Because I know I spend a lot of time on the internet learning things if you don't know what you need to know, how do you know what you need to learn? True. So we craft our training very, very carefully so that we're just getting people to learn what it is they need to know for now at the stage of business you're at. And we also, well, I also do one-on-one -on -one coaching, which is really, you know, a conversation that you have. And my goodness, they're fascinating conversations really fascinating conversations yeah i i can i can see that i mean not that this is a coaching session but i know just when you get one-on-one -on -one with such a variety of people like this it can be very fascinating which comes back to how fulfilling 
it can be. And I guess one thing I'd like to know is who are your clients? Are they from Australia? Are they from all over the world? Where are they coming from? Oh, my goodness. Look, most of my clients are here in Australia. But having said that, I've also been working with um, some ladies in South Africa, some ladies in London, um, a couple from the US. Um, I've got a new lady that I'm speaking with tomorrow who is from Europe. So, yes, I'm a little bit all over the place. So now that you have this business going, you're helping women to become stronger and better at what they do. What is next? Do you have any plans to expand what you're doing? Or are you perhaps thinking about another business? Oh, yes, I'm thinking about another business because why would you stop at just two when you can have three? So, yes, I'm thinking about another business that will complement my coaching business. But I've got a few things on the boil with my coaching business as well. I'm actually co-authoring a book at the moment, which will be out in January. So I've got a bit of writing to do. And I've got a couple of other projects. They're things that I haven't done before. So, I'm excited about those. And again, they're collaborative things that I'm doing with these other couple of ladies that are coaches. Wow, that's interesting. So has so you did one business for all those years. You started this one. Did this vampire coaching, did this kind of give you the bug to start more projects? Uh, I have to admit the Biggest problem I have with being a coach is I get so excited about other people's businesses and there are there have been a few times now when I'm like, I really would love to invest in that business and be more involved in it, which, of course, I can't do because I've got to maintain a professional boundary, but it gets really tempting sometimes. I'm like, oh, I'd love to be involved in that business. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean... I don't know how you do that exactly. Just you, Now, are you saying that you just want to start your own or you just want to be involved in that particular thing? Oh, that I'd love to be involved in someone's business. Yes, because, goodness, as much as I love business, I am blown away sometimes by the amazing business ideas that people have. Yeah, me too, and... That's one of the core reasons that I do this podcast is because I love hearing everybody's story and I love just being kind of like the fly on the wall, so to speak. And it's really amazing. It kind of gives me, I, I guess, I hate to say it like this, like the license to be a part of everybody else's journey just for, you know, an hour-ish of my life and it's really cool and it helps me to learn a lot but there are things that people do like for example I am not qualified to you know focus in on helping women and coaching 
women in the way that you do. So, and nor should I be. So it's really amazing and interesting to have that block of time to hear you talk about your journey and talk about what you do. And this is like a huge, I feel like I always say this is a big reason I'm doing it. And that's a big reason. This right here is really at like the core. It's definitely one of the top reasons I do this podcast. So if nothing else, you could start your own entrepreneurial podcast and live through people just like me. Yes. I. Oh, gosh. Do you know what, though? I think in a lot of ways we're similar because where you get to sit there and, you know, like you're having this conversation that's kind kind of like what I do. And, yeah, I always feel like I get so much out of any sessions I do or, like, you know, it's not it's not a one-way street at all. No, it's not. I mean, you would think that I'm just running a podcast and I'm asking all these questions and that's all I get out of it is putting out a product. But it's really not because just from talking to you today and hearing how, oh, you know, okay, I'm, well, husband, we're starting a business and, oh, I'm, I'm just going to go start a business. You know, maybe I need to, basically what I learned is maybe I need to be a little more reactive on my own end about what I'm doing. Now, I have a full-time job and I've got a lot of other things going on, including trying to keep up with putting out this podcast. But I wonder if it would be worth it for me to stop having that conversation and say, hey, you know, just even if it's a small thing, just go for it and do it if you want to do it. And, you know, I, I really admire that part of your journey. And I think that's like a way of thinking that I need to have more of mm-hmm. myself. So even somebody like me hosting a podcast, I, I get a lot out of hearing everybody's journey and their story. And I learn a lot and that's, one of the reasons I do it. That's amazing. Do you want me to give you, I'll give you a couple of questions that I use to ask myself when I'm making these crazy decisions. Sure. Yeah. And you probably, you probably already heard them, but the first question that I ask, and, and I ask this of other people when they're decision making as well, is if you're totally honest with yourself, what is the worst thing that's going to happen if you go and do this thing? What's the worst? Well, the worst thing that will happen is life will be exactly the same as it is right now. Right. So now think about how much of a risk is that? Probably not that big of a risk at all, if any. I mean, if you wind up I mean, I like where I'm at right now, so why wouldn't I like it if I tried it and I failed at it? Yeah, and and what would failing look like? How bad would that be? What's the worst thing that would happen if you failed? Uh, I don't think it would be that bad. I mean, it's just 
you lose time, I guess. But I've already tried out a lot of things in my life that wound up not going anywhere. I tried it. I'm still here. I'm still happy. I'm still willing to try other things. So nothing ventured, nothing gained, I guess. Yeah, and I love that you keep trying. And I think that's probably what we've been saying all along while we've been talking, isn't it? It's the fact that we've tried things and, you know, there's been a fork in the road. Maybe things didn't go the way you expected, but all of those things happened to get you to where you are now. Very true. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's really great advice, really good questions. And, I mean, I think it goes beyond just, oh, I don't know if I want to try or I don't want to fail. Mm-hmm. Some of it, for me, just comes down to trying to find the time and not spend too much time running businesses plus working mm-hmm. and then not having a good balance. So I guess for me, now that I'm working from home, perhaps I can find that balance. So yeah. Yeah, that that is something for me to I guess gnaw on on my own time. So this yeah. is still your time and our time, which we are <laughs> kind of getting short on at this point. Did you want to talk a little bit about how people can find you, like on social media, how they can work with you? Yeah, absolutely. So, goodness me, I've spread myself thin on social media because I think you can find me in most places except for TikTok and Snapchat. (laughs) (laughs) I'll leave that to the younger ones. (laughs) And as much as I love dancing, I will keep that to the privacy of my own home. I won't share <laughs> that with the world. <laughs> but, um, but yes, you can certainly find me on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and Pinterest and even a little bit of YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, I'm on TikTok, but I don't really, like, do anything with it. I mean, you could probably still go on there and have like, you know, quote of the day or a little bit of advice or do things Mm. like that. But, yeah, I know a lot of people, TikTok is known for all the dancing and craziness. And that's, like, sometimes I think about doing videos like that and then I remember, eh, I don't know if I have the energy. Like, you know, I, I feel like maybe if, people were around more like you would think being all alone that you would have the energy and feel okay doing that stuff I'm just like eh, I I just don't have it in me so no you know um my youngest two children are both on TikTok and they love making little dance videos and they've taught me a couple (laughs) and so I've been in one or two I don't know if they, those videos actually made it onto TikTok. It's probably probably good to say they didn't. I like to think that they didn't. <laughs> but do you know what? I, there, I follow a couple of dancers on social media because I absolutely love dancing and I love watching them because they're really good at it. But for me to do it um, like as in representing my business as a business coach, no. Because I think 
that would be more like a comedy show than anything professional. <laughs> well, putting dancing aside, I do want to encourage people to follow you on Instagram because I think your Instagram is great and you have a Facebook page. So a lot of really good ways that you can connect with Samantha Morris, my guest today of Vampire Coach and Samantha. Unless you have something else that you want to add or final word, I think we're pretty much wrapped up today. No, I just want to say thank you for an amazing time here with you today, Mark. It's been a great conversation. Sorry, just grabbing a sip of water here. (laughs) Don't want to start coughing or anything. I have a good streak. I haven't really coughed much in an episode lately, so I want (laughs) to keep that going. As a matter of fact, before I say my final word, I'm going to have another sip. All right. So, Samantha Morris, Empire Coach, thank you so much for being on Mark My Words. And before I go, I want to talk a little bit about how you can find me. You can find me on LinkedIn. I love a good conversation about careers, career transition, entrepreneurship. I love to run a good poll every once in a while and You can certainly hear more about episodes of Mark My Words as they're being released. So please find me there. You can find me on Instagram, Mark My Words 6, which, of course, is spelled M-A-R-C. I cannot get Mark My Words outright, so Mark My Words 6 on Instagram. You can find me at my more personal handle. I've been using Nimrod79 since the 90s. I'm huge Green Day fans, so I've stuck with Nimrod all these years. Maybe one of these days I'll finally change it and be Mark Schmidt. I don't know, but you can find me there. Find me on Twitter. You can find me on social media. So thank you very much. And uh, I should also say you can find You've already found this podcast here on iTunes or YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. You can also find it now pretty much everywhere except for Spotify. I'm still, I think there's a Kodak issue with Spotify with my file that I got to work out. So eventually I'll be on Spotify, but Google, Audible, wherever you can find podcasts. So that is a wrap for Mark My Words. Thank you again, Samantha Morris of Empire Coach. I'm Mark Schmidt of Mark My Words, and I will be back very soon with a new episode and a great guest. Thanks, and see you soon. Bye.